Hello and welcome to our first ever Stuff We Learned Today podcast. My name is Matt Ramirez and I will be joined in a moment by Christy Rhodes from the Department of Education at East Carolina University. This is our very first podcast, as I mentioned, and we had some technical issues. So if you hear any weird glitches in the middle of it, I I do apologize. I also wanted to mention that we reached out to some colleagues uh, from a company called Sweet Rush. You can find them on the internet at sweetrush.com, S-W-E-E-T-R-U-S-H.com, and spoke to Lisa Van Dam and also Adrian Soto about the topic of virtual reality. They're doing some fantastic things there, and I I definitely uh, encourage you to to take a look in, in their website and see what they're doing. Lastly, you may notice that uh, contrary and contradictory to every other podcast you listen to, we don't have any music. And that's not to say we don't want it. uh, We just don't have any yet. So if you've got any music you'd like to contribute to the podcast, drop us a line. And with that, welcome to today's podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. Uh, This is Christy Rose. And as you may know, Matt Ramirez and I are just going to be chatting about topics, issues, things of interest to uh, across the, the field of adult ed. Um, and we've come to this from different places in terms of what we do with adult learning, but uh, we try to find those areas where, where things intersect. So uh, come along with us and, uh, and enjoy this conversation. <laughs> I like that. Uh, and this is Matt Ramirez, and I, I just want to say I'm uh, broadcasting from the fifth floor in, of a office space in, in Tampa, Florida, in Boy Scout, and it's uh, going to rain in a little bit. So if you hear any weird background noise, uh, that's probably <laughs> rain or thunder. And every once in a while, there's a, an ambulance that drives by, so you might hear that as well. Christy, I'm really excited to, to talk to you about this. Same here, same here. That's probably a good place to, to also remind people that when you talk about Tampa summer rain, I do get some pleasant and not so pleasant memories because that is where you and I uh, really met and started these conversations without recording them uh, when we were both students at at the University of South Florida. So say hello from North Carolina to Tampa for me and tell them I don't miss that summer humidity, even though it's pretty darn hot up here too. I will. uh, Anything new with you, Matt? What's what's, uh, what's your summer like before we get into our topic today. Into the How's topic. How's everything going? Yeah, really well. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you ask. Uh, I do have a, a, a nice tie-in to adult education. I, I purchased a new car this week. I feel uh, as, uh, well, I was going to say as our listeners know, but maybe they don't. I am not a professor. I'm probably one of <laughs> one of a few, but not too many folks that are in AAACE who are not in the um, uh, education, uh, uh, higher education field. But I bought my first professor car this weekend. I bought a, a Subaru Forester, <laughs> brand new 2019 Subaru Forester. And I have to go back in, I've scheduled it for three weeks from now. I have to go back in to the Subaru dealership in three weeks to be trained on how to use my car and the tech. So there's the nice adult ed tie-in for um, for Subaru. So Subaru, welcome to the adult ed family, if, if anyone from Subaru is listening. So wait a minute. 
is it a hybrid? Is that why you have to learn how to use it? Like, what's so different? Like, why? Why do we have to be trained it, how to it, drive our cars? Yeah, it is. A, and that's a, I, I've been spinning my wheels literally figuratively on that one um, for, for a few days when they told me about the training, like why I've been driving, you know, uh, to put a time period on it, about 30 something years. Uh, why do I need to learn how to drive? But it is a very high tech car. It's got something called eyesight. I feel like I'm doing a Subaru commercial. It's got eyesight, uh, <laughs> which keeps you in your lane and there's ways to oh, yeah. turn it on or turn it off. So there's a lot of tech, uh, in, in this car and, uh, you know, it's, it's something they offer and I'm sure folks de decline to go in and do it, but, um, I'm sort of curious in, in two ways, I because I want to learn something new potentially, and I just want to see how they facilitate the class. Yeah, which may lead us into our topic. It absolutely Maybe could. Maybe they have some some different ways of creating real experiences for you. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Well, as some of you know, I am a professor, and I do not have a Subaru, although I used <laughs> to when I was a teacher. Uh, yeah, I'm still plugging away in my little Hyundai. So. Um, I think the only thing, uh, so right now we're recording, it's August 2nd, and I realized the other day, as uh, my husband's also a teacher, so we were doing that, oh, the summer's almost over, and, and, and kind of like that, that feeling of something starting anew, mm -hmm. but yet it's really August and September, so the thing that's starting anew is the school year, right. and that's something we experience, right, from the time we're five years old. But I've never had to grow out of that because I've been a teacher or uh, now, you know, faculty. I was, a, I was a learner. So, yeah, so my body is definitely on the fall is when you get excited and you think about getting new notebooks. And, and anyway, the, the beginning of the school year. Um, so, so, so that's kind of where my head is. But we're also in that part of we're not quite ready for it yet. So, right. so hopefully in two weeks when things start, my brain will be back. So. Um, and this, today, actually, this podcast is a good way of getting my brain working again because, um, uh, Matt, you, you brought this topic up. You introduced this, something to me, and you were wonderful about sharing um, a meeting of, about immersive technology. Mm -hmm. um, so if it's okay with you, do we want to jump in and, and sort of get, get talking about our new topic? Absolutely, and, and it's um, and I, I found it to be fascinating as well. The just the topic of, of immersive technology, virtual reality, the the opportunities that are there, and frankly, I, I did a, a quick bit of research on on just some costs, and I'll, I'll mention that in a, in a in a few minutes as well. Um, but uh, a a virtual reality headset right now can be purchased for uh, anywhere between five hundred dollars on the high end, uh, two hundred dollars on the low end. So this is a technology that's coming down in price and, and, and is certainly um, accessible mm -hmm. uh, or becoming more accessible. When, uh, a place that I used to work was using uh, virtual reality to do some employee training. Uh, and at the same time, I attended a session where they were presenting some of their findings. Uh, I also uh, went to a conference or a convention, I shouldn't say conference, a convention with my son uh, for video games. And I had a chance to try on a virtual headset 
um, that an Air Force recruiter had um, at a recruiting desk. And I got to see what it was like in a virtual reality environment to jump out of the back of an airplane. It's just fascinating that these, you know, these these gentlemen could could pick that up and carry that with them to any place in the country where they were setting up a recruiting desk and, and really show the in as much detail and as much reality as you can get, you know, standing in a in, in a. Uh, standing in front of a desk and in, in, in wherever they happen to be. So you, you can experience in, in reality what it's like to jump out of the uh, back of the plane. We, you can, if you're listening, you can already tell that um, Matt was very much a, oh my gosh, this is the most incredible thing. It can revolutionize adult head. And I'm, I know I'm misrepresenting your words on that, Matt. <laughs> I apologize. Um, I, on the other hand, as someone who um, has never put on a, one of those VR mm-hmm. headsets, um, nor had, do, do I have any interest in doing so before this, uh, before you exposed me to it. Um, so I was a little bit of a, um, a, I won't say a cynic, but a, a cautious Christie, as we would say. Um, so, so I did a little research, too, and, and I found out there are some vocabulary words that we need to learn um, if we decide to get on board with this. So um, we heard terms like virtual reality, um, we heard we heard the terms. I thought this was kind of interesting. Augmented reality, right. and that for many of us who aren't exposed to it, 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 um, it who aren't really in the know, that there's really a wide range of experiences and and kind of like levels of how involved and how immersed you are in the experience um, that you can get. So you know, I've seen some things about there's light augmentation that can create some aspects of an experience for you all the way to, to, I think, what we think of as that full virtual environment. Um, and you mentioned it already, Matt, that nowadays it's not one of my, one of my, the first things I said to you is, well, that's great for corporate learning, <laughs> but what about us in, you know, adult basic education? Um, and actually it, it is kind of amazing. School systems are starting to use virtual reality through some less expensive options like headsets for $15, and not to plug anyone specifically, but I read about something called Google Cardboard. Have you ever heard of that? I, I have a Google Cardboard. You know what? I'll, uh, I'll send it to you. I think I can find, if I can find it. I've got a Google oh. Cardboard head thing. Head, uh, <laughs> I don't know what they're called. Glasses at my house, and I'll see if I can send it to you. Oh, well, and, and so apparently that's one of the ways that um, we're now using it in, in less uh, in environments with less funding. So mm-hmm. I think that's a, a way to put it. But um, yeah, so so having said that there, that we, sh- first of all, those dinosaurs like myself, don't think of this as one way of, of creating learning, right? It's not just virtual reality. It's, um, that there are a whole series of technologies and a whole um, range of ways that you can be immersed in the experience. So um, on that note, maybe just one more thing that if you or I want to share. So the areas we think of in terms of where it's currently being used, um, we've come up with obviously medical, with fine motor skills training, surgeons, et cetera, um, actually throughout the medical field in general, dental education as well. They're, they're experimenting with it. We know um, it comes out of military education. Um, and, and simulators, et cetera. But there were some really cool um, 
some, some other ways that, that I don't think are as commonly known that we also heard about. And um, do you want to talk about the empathy training that, or, or, the, or the ways that virtual reality can, has been, is being used to develop empathy towards other people's experiences? Do, do you want to talk about that a little bit, Matt? That, yeah. As that was explained. Yeah, and, and I thought that was a, a really good example that Sweet Rush provided, and um, and it, it is from a, a as I had mentioned, some place that I had worked worked in the past, and um, a fairly large uh, um, hotel company, and and what they what they were doing, and and this is just the reality of you know, these, these upscale hotels is you might have someone working at a front desk who quite frankly may never actually have the opportunity to stay in that hotel just because of, of the, um, the cost to, to rent a room there. Um, so they wouldn't, they may never have that opportunity to, to walk through the, the, um, walk through the lobby, walk up to the front desk and, and check in. So, uh, in, in order to provide a, a robust experience for these new hires, what the hotel um, had done is they had they had basically put together a simulation, a virtual reality simulation, so that the employees who were working at the front desk could actually experience what it's like to to walk through the lobby, be greeted by the concierge, be greeted by the by the door person, the doorman, um, and then walk up to the to the front desk and, and be greeted by uh, the front desk representative um, as a member of the hotel. You know that makes it's it's so that makes so much sense. Um, and and again, when we were listening to that, I kept saying that can't be. How can you? But um, I think one of the um, at one section during our conversation, um, the adult educator involved in in the project that that we were speaking about was um, she said something that was that was so incredibly impactful to me. She said. It's you have to rethink the way you think about learning, mm -hmm. and 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 somehow we we tend it's like a huge paradigm shift of it's not about linear learning it's not about linear thinking, and I guess that struck me with with recreating that experience I thought well come on we do some role plays we could do that in a role play, but how effective for someone to be able to just put this on and totally be Im immersed in that experience. So, yeah, I, I, I was a bit of a, I changed my mind after listening to the way she described it. If, if you remember, too, what I, um, what I liked, she said some international uh, development, community development organizations, the, the larger ones that, that we talk about, were using that to help train workers in the field, right? So mm -hmm. um, you don't, you can experience what um, a refugee goes through as they are leaving their country and going to, you know, so, so you can, it just, I thought of the power of that, you know, right. of being able to actually live through that, but yet, thank God, not having to live through it. So, so it just could, could really help someone develop a, um, just that, that kind of emotional understanding of a situation that, that um, isn't easy to connect to right. in our classroom. So, so I did. I liked that. Um, Matt, for you, what are what are um, so what if you said to all of us in academia, mm -hmm. why should we be interested in this? Like, what? Why? Yeah. 
Well, and and I think that's a really um, that's the question of the day: is what what what's this do for me? You know, what's in it for me? And 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 I can take I can mm. actually think of two things that that really. Um, that grabbed me in our conversation with the folks from Sweet Rush and in what I've seen as well. And in going back to my uh, example of being um, uh, really impressed with the U.S. Air Force um, virtual reality demo, that provided me a safe space. I didn't have to actually jump out of the back of an airplane. Mm -hmm. I was able to do something in a safe environment um, that I would not have had a chance to do anywhere else. So number one, I think there's the the opportunity with virtual reality to, to provide a, a safe space, not only physically a safe uh, space, but also potentially uh, emotionally a safe space. So going back to your example of, of the mm -hmm. refugees, um, y you know, knowing that you're going through a, a, a simulation uh, versus actually being out in the field uh, with the refugees, I, I think that, that helps you potentially mm. get into the water on the on the shallow end versus the deep end so you're you're going to be able to experience things in a safe environment take the head headsets off and then have a conversation about what you've just gone through um, with hopefully mm. you know very competent uh, facilitators and instructors teachers whoever they happen to be um, and talk about the experience versus just being thrown into the experience so safe physically safe mm. emotionally um, so that's number one. Number two, I also find uh, that I like virtual reality for the consistency of the experience so that you can pick up that headset, put it in your uh, travel on, uh, travel carry on bag uh, and present the exact and, and, and facilitate the exact same experience that you would get in Tampa that you could in, and do the same thing in North Carolina, uh, in, in Northern England, wherever you happen to be. Um, you're mm -hmm. always going to get that same experience and it's going to be consistent messaging, uh, consistent experience. Everyone's going to be seeing the exact same thing. Interesting. Interesting. I did, you know, it, it, it's funny um, and I can't tell everyone enough. I really, I feel that I did a 180 degree turn after our few conversations and then and then speaking with um, Sweet Brush folk. Um, my, my, my one the, my one huge takeaway was we in higher ed, if for no other reason than this is already a tool being used in, in learning, in adult learning environments, um, we need to get on board or the instructional design folks are going to just take this all from our hands, right? <laughs> they're they're going to be working on things and, and, and we need to have uh, a voice in making sure that the environments that are being created, right, right. Um, are... are very much based in adult learning principles. So that was my big takeaway was, wow, this is, this is a big, this is like a new tool, a new instructional tool that we can't let, um, be, you know, because, well, because we're not used to working with it. Um, we can't let that slip from, from our contact, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, so Chrissy, let me ask you, just staying on that topic and, and thinking about, uh, academia, how, uh, what, what are the cons there? What are the, what, what's the downside of this? Obviously, uh, time maybe yeah. to design. What, what other drawbacks are there? So that, that's a really, that's a great question. So, and, and I brought this up um, with some other colleagues of mine in adult ed, and we, we got throwing this around. I think one of, well, that is the area. It's who inputs the information to creating the experience. Right. right. So who is doing the inputting 
of of what it means to and, and I go back to that refugee experience and, and I'm sorry but that that was the one that really struck me. Um, let's do a different one. Let's say the experience of, of being a new educator, right? Mm-hmm. So um, here here at uh, my university, they're experimenting with it's not virtual reality. I don't believe it's augmented reality. Mm-hmm. Um, so so a little bit less um, right immersive. But they're putting you in a classroom situation, and they are giving you know you're presented with scenarios, um, particularly about classroom management, and then how you respond to them. And one of the criticisms that keeps coming up is who is inputting those scenarios? Are we are we basing things on stereotypical? Uh, you know, like so so where does that come from? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's again why I think we need to be playing a role in that. Uh, we in the adult ed community, but that says that's probably our biggest. I would say would be our biggest concern. Um, but again, dependent on probably the content, if, you know, in terms of education. I know I work with medical and dental faculty, um, and and one of their primary issues is not being able to teach, not having their students um, develop the the fine motor skills as quickly as they would like them to. Right. So what a great opportunity! So before they you know put them um, down in front of a, a a patient, let them practice them practice it. And there's a great, um, I think there's great area for even a little more self-directed learning on that, isn't there? So, you know, in this experience, I don't have to rely on my instructor to tell me when something, you know, try this. Or, I don't know. Um, does that answer your question? I think it does. Well, and, it, and for me, um, having, you know, a little bit of a background in project management, what it, what it, what it, as, as you were going through that, I was thinking of all the roles involved in creating that experience mm. so you would need um, someone who who's the subject matter expert in, in being um, in, yeah. in, in teacher uh, classroom education you would need a, a script writer a story writer to, to sit down and actually script out what you know what is going to go on in the page you would need um, a videographer uh, potentially a, a video production company to come in and shoot the video um, so as you're just adding um, folks to the to the project folks to to this design project you know obviously the costs go up um but i would say that if it was designed smartly um with not a lot of you know point in time reference then that that Mm. that content that that you develop potentially could have shelf life for years Mm -hmm. you know uh so so you know it's that initial uh, you know, plonking down the the dollars right up front, and then hopefully getting uh, getting some some <laughs> getting some life out of it uh, for a couple of years. So, yeah, I would say that that would be potentially the one of the downsides. One of the big. You know, it was interesting too, and in, and in, in talking of where I, again, totally my opinion on this one. Not not based, not saying that I represent the opinions of the whole field at all on this one. Um, but I, I and I'm speaking of how I reacted to it. So, A, I, my first reaction was, well, why do we need this? Mm-hmm. Right? Why can't we just do, you know, I, I can help create a learning environment. Why do I need this, this technologic, you know, this little device to help me do it, which kind of speaks back to, I think, what a lot of, um, I think some of the reticence would be how, how, how does this help? 
help me rather than take away my um, autonomy as an educator. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 when when we were speaking on that conference call, the first t- 10, 15 minutes, I thought, hmm, well, are you taking away my job then? Is it <laughs> taking away my job? Yeah. But it's not. It's in the same way that we use video resources. Right. right. In the same way that we use textbooks. Yeah, it took me a while to do that paradigm shift. Maybe other people are a little faster than I am. Um, it isn't. It isn't a replacement for, uh, and, and actually the way it is implemented, that, I think that's a very strong, um, that, that needs to be a very, that needs to be really clear. Right. It's not replacing a class in the same way that, you know, maybe people worried about distance ed doing that. It's simply another tool of creating an experience and, and creating knowledge right. together. So you still need a facilitator. Right. Yeah, that was, and I think that was my last, last little red, you know, bit of reticence. Um, I did have one, so, so there's got to be always one. So expense, but it's getting cheaper, right? Yeah. Things are getting cheaper. Um, the who, what, whose voices are being represented. I think that's incredibly important. Um, but then I had a, just my final, my final little stubborn bit of, well, it's not a perfect system. Um, I think my, my one thing was, are we just using technology for technology? Like, right. There are some areas where this is incredibly helpful, right? And you can see them. Mm-hmm. I wonder about how the love of the technology then kind of makes it like the new trend, right? Yeah. The new thing, and, and then we're using it for everything, whereas, you know, old-fashioned strategies might work too. So, so that yeah. was it. That, that's pretty much um, I, I love, I, I, for me, the, the one quote that, that just, the, the one sentence that just kept impacting, that, that has had such an impact on my understanding of this was from Lisa, a, a sweet Russian. She just said, there are some experiences that you need to live to know, to know. Right. Um, and she said, this is where virtual reality can do that. Um, so, yeah, so. That's kind of where I stood on everything, Matt. Any, any, what about you? Any other, uh, do you see in terms of corporate, do you think there are any additional um, disadvantages since we talked about the advantages? Anything else that, you know, the, the one you thing, don't like about it? Yeah, not necessarily something I don't like about it, but I, but I do see a, and if I, um, potentially if I ever wanted to, to you know, here's, my, here's today's million dollar idea is to figure out how to ramp up uh, folks coming out of adult education programs um, either through, it could be, a, a, you know, part of a, um, an instructional technology program, it, it could be a certificate, you know, Association of Talent Development, ATD. I, I did go out and look to see if they had any virtual design, virtual reality mm. design certificates. Um, but how do we start ramping up the the skill set so that folks coming potentially out of universities right. with a master's in instructional technology, uh, folks looking just to add that skill, um, you know how how are they uh, either as uh, storyboarders, as um, script writers, mm. as video production folks, um, or even knowing how to how to interact with those people? Uh, there's mm-hmm. definitely something missing there, and and you know uh, I can recall it. And maybe Christy, you and I might have even had the same professor. I won't name who that was at USF <laughs> uh, in in the instructional technology. Um, 
one of the instructional technology courses, we had a class that they uh, facilitated that was uh, hosted in Second Life, you know, and, and that's maybe putting a, yeah. yes, <laughs> a yes. time stamp on, yeah. on how long ago I did this. And now yes. you ask yourself, where is Second Life today? Um, so yes. does this really have staying power? And, and, and if so, which I, I do think it does, if so, who are the, the future um, instructional designers that are, that are able mm-hmm. to, to get into this field? And how do we help them? And how do we help them? I love ending on that note because um, that's really where we are looking, right? How do we as a field help aspiring adult educators get jobs and get and, and get the skills they need for, for those across the spectrum? That's great. Absolutely. That's great. Well, Matt, I have thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. I hope everyone out there um, listening will enjoy it as well, and we encourage um, additional conversation and additional dialogues with all of you listening. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, just to to put the final point on it maybe as well, uh, this is our first uh, uh, podcast, and and I think we've had a couple of uh, technical hiccups along the way, so forgiveness, Mm -hmm. please, for any... um, uh, stumbles that we've gone through, we'll get better at this. I, I at least that's my promise. That I, I'm promising on that one too. <laughs> okay. 